in heaven. I want you to uh, look at the scripture with me today. Hebrews chapter 11. Many of you instantly knew where I was going, at least the, the theme of this chapter before you got there because it's so familiar to us. Hebrews 11 is known as the chapter of what? Well, chapter of faith. There's so much goodness in here. I'm going to read almost the entirety. I want you to follow along with me. Let's start at verse number one. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. For by it, by faith, the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and through it he being dead still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this good testimony that it pleased God. He pleased God. But without faith, look at this, verse number 6, without faith it is impossible to please God, for he who comes to God must believe that he is God and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is according to what? To faith. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise, as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundation, whose builder and maker is God. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. Let's go to verse number 17 now. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, he offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, In Isaac your seed shall be called concluding that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph and worshipped, leaning on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the departure of the children of Israel and gave instructions concerning his bones. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his mother because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command. 
By faith, Moses, when he became of age, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the, rep the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. By faith, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he who destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, whereas the Egyptians, attempting to do so, they were drowned. By faith, verse 30 goes on to say, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. By faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. And what more shall I say, the writer of Hebrews goes on to say, for the time would fail me to tell you of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah and of David and of Samuel and of the prophets who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to fight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised back to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trial of mockings and scourging, yes, and of chains and of imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were tempted. They were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskin and goatskin, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains, in dens and caves of the earth. And all these, look at verse number 39, having obtained a good testimony. Somebody say good testimony. All these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise. Father, we thank you for your word. It is powerful. It is living. It is active and alive. And I pray, Lord, that I, as I endeavor to deliver the word that you deposited into me, I pray, God, that you would bring clarity to those who hear it. Let them truly hear it. Let us receive it, God. May it challenge us, but ultimately, Lord, we're praying for more than a challenge. We're praying for a change. Come on, somebody say, God, change me by your word. God, change me by your word. We pray it in Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. This is Memorial Sunday. It's what I call it. It's not Memorial Day. Tomorrow's Memorial Day. But we pretty much have evolved in our country to have a Memorial Weekend. How many don't have to go to work tomorrow? You ought to just wave your hand a little bit right there and just say, thank you, God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, God. I'm thankful for a day off every now and then. There are some bonuses and some pluses to having a, 
an extended memorial weekend. But I want to bring you to the point. Memorial Day is a day of remembering. I know when I was a boy, we would load up the car and we would go and visit all of my dead relatives. We did. Anybody else do that when you were a child? That was part of Memorial Weekend. We'd go and get the, the plastic wreaths, the plastic flowers, and we'd go and lay those on the graves of our dead relatives. That was just part of Memorial Weekend. And I didn't understand that Memorial Weekend was also about honoring those who've fallen in battle. And I think today, that's probably more what Memorial Day is all about. It's honoring those who have fallen in battle. We're so busy, I want to give you a little gift right here. I'm going to give you a little built-in time right now to forget about everything else. I want you to bow your head and your heart. We're going to offer some silence right now to those who have fallen in battle. Amen. Folks, that was a mere 60 seconds. Did that seem longer than 60 seconds? I'm talking about one minute of our lives. And even in that one minute, how many of us were thinking about what we're going to have for dinner about 30 seconds in? What we're going to have for lunch or where we're going to go uh, uh, tomorrow or whatever. I'm just telling you, God help us. Help us to remember and help us to then leave a legacy and live a life that is worth remembering. All of this focus of remembering got me to thinking, church. How will I be remembered? I know how I want to be remembered. I know what I like people to think about me and what I'd like people to say about me, but I wonder, how will I be remembered? How will you be remembered? Someone at some time, should the Lord tarry, and we're not raptured, which I believe will happen. Oh, y'all missed a really good opportunity right there. 
I believe the rapture is going to happen. And I believe we that are alive, we're going to hear a trumpet and we are going to be raptured out of here. I believe that. I, I'm believing that. I'm going to live my life that way. But I know that God is God. And ultimately, He knows if we're going to be alive or not. If He tarries, then we're all going to die. And someone's going to be memorializing us. Somebody's going to be thinking about us. Someone is going to be remembering us. Is there anything worth remembering? Is there anything memorable even about your life? When you die, may it be said, he lived a life. She lived a life worth remembering. I want to help you today with some thoughts on how I believe you can leave a legacy and how you can live a life that is worth remembering. First of all, we should be looking to the legends. Look to the legends. What am I speaking of here? Talking about the heroes of the faith. I'm not talking about the legends that Oprah had on this past week with her closing season. She had sports legends. MJ was there. Michael Jordan. You don't get more legendary than Michael Jordan in the sports world. She had the queen of of soul. Anybody know who that might be? Aretha got up there and did her thing. And then she did her thing some more, and then she did her thing some more, and she just wouldn't hardly shut up. <laughs> Don't tell her I said that. She had legends. Legendary actors were there to honor Miss Oprah Winfrey. I'm not talking about legends like that, folks. I'm talking about heroes of the faith. You see, I believe that God gives us a gift when he gives us the ability to look back and see others' tragedies and others' triumphs. Look back and see somebody else's successes and failures. I'm not of the mindset that you have to go through the struggle yourself in order to learn the lesson. I believe you can look at somebody else's trip up and find out how to walk properly around something. Come on, somebody. So we look to the legends. We, we look back. We look to the heroes of the faith. There are legends of the Word. They're listed here. In Hebrews chapter 11, Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, Rahab, Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets all got mentioned in the heroes of the faith chapter of the Bible. Wow. The writer of Hebrews, which, by the way, is unknown. Scholars have debated and discussed 
and finally decided and concluded they don't know who wrote Hebrews. There are some Paul-like tendencies, but more think that Paul didn't write it, but somebody that was mentored under Paul, perhaps Barnabas. Anyway, this writer, however, understood he didn't have to make all the same mistakes as others. He could see the tragedies and the triumphs. He could see the failure and the success. Why do we not take advantage of this more often ourselves? You have heroes in the Word. You have favorite Bible characters in the Word. How many would say, I have favorites in the Bible that I love to read about. I love to see how they handle things. I want to see your hand if you've got some heroes in the Bible. You've got to go to the legends. Look to the legends. Look to your heroes in the Word of God. What did they go through? How did they come through? How did God successfully help them through? There's legends of the Word, but there's legends of the world, folks. I also have legends of the world that I look to. Billy Graham, for instance. This evangelist has met with and prayed with 12 presidents, has preached the gospel in person to more people than any other person in history, and has led more than 2.5 million people to accept Christ as their Savior. I think there's something to looking to the hero. Finding out how do they do what they do. Trying to emulate the good in others. I think of Dave Wilkerson when I think of a legend in the world. Dave Wilkerson who just recently was killed in a car accident and is now celebrating his Savior face to face. He's in heaven right now. Dave Wilkerson, for those of you who do not know who I'm talking about, after seeing a photograph in Life magazine in 1958 of seven New York City teenagers that were charged with murder, David moved to New York City and began a ministry to young drug addicts and gang members. He later founded the recovery program that we love and know today as Teen Challenge, which has gone on to help hundreds of thousands of addicts find freedom from addiction and find freedom in Christ. Let's look to our heroes. How did they do what they did? And when they fell flat on their face, how did they get back up again? How did they cope with disappointment and frustration? Because they did. Look to somebody else. I've also listed legends of my world because... I think it's important for you to have legends in your own world, heroes in your own world. On my list, Ray Rachels is one. Ray Rachels served this great district for 27 years, 25 of which he was the district superintendent. Ray Rachels helped me when I needed help probably more than any other time in my life. I was transitioning from a music pastor, associate pastor, to a senior pastor, and there was a lot that went with that that I did not know. It was new territory to me. So what did I do? Stumble through? Yes. 
but I also had the guidance of someone that had some seasoning and some experience to help me maneuver. I'll forever be grateful and indebted to this great man, Ray Rachels. And I think often, how would Ray handle this? How would Ray deal with this? He was a, is a master at correspondence. Succinct, to the point, not lengthy, and full of love. Oh, I like that. So I often think when I'm responding to someone by email or otherwise, how would Pastor Ray do that? Another legend of my world is Ray Berry Hill. Ray Berry Hill was my boss, and he currently is serving as senior pastor of Evangel World Center in Chicago, where they are busting out the walls. And this place is so alive and so, so full of God's energy and so full of the Spirit of God and, and so full of life. It, it, it's ministering to the inner city of Chicago every week, and Karen and I were privileged to be on staff with him, and he helped shape me. He helped mold me, and I think oftentimes, how would this great man conduct the service? See, he transitioned from a music pastor to senior pastor, and he did it very successfully. Clint Brown is on my list of living legends. Maybe you don't know who that is, but you've probably heard of some of his songs. He's a great, great writer. Clint Brown was a music pastor for uh, a little church in Columbus, Ohio, by the name of uh, World Harvest Center. Uh, World Harvest Center? Rod Parsley. I don't know if anybody ever heard of him or not. Clint Brown served as his music pastor. He transitioned from music pastor to senior pastor, and he did it successfully. So I look to these men who are alive today, and I wonder how they could handle certain things, and how did they transition successfully? It gives me great hope to know that you can actually be a music pastor, associate pastor, and successfully, with the help of God and with the anointing of God, transition to a place of a senior pastor role. Thanks be to God. I look to these people. They are my living legends. They are the heroes of the faith. I don't have time to really develop Bill and Dorothy Smith who uh, hang on our wall in, in, the, in the foyer. Or they did. Anyway, we're transitioning this, but they are our missionaries. They're serving in Haiti right now, one of the poorest countries in the world, and they're ministering the love of Jesus and the gospel of Christ to the hurting there day in and day out. They're living legends to me. They're heroes to me. Dave Reaver, injured beyond recognition, in the Vietnam War. He now ministers to our returning military who've been wounded in battle. I think of my mother who is now with Jesus. But Joe, I'll never forget the one day I walked down the hall to hear her crying behind a closed bedroom door. Her bedroom. And of course I thought something was wrong so I, I leaned in as every good 12-year-old would do. I was going to eavesdrop just a little bit because that's my mama. I want to make sure she's all right. And I'd hear her through her tears call out on the name of Jesus. And I knew she was all right. She was just in prayer. And because she was in prayer, not only was she all right, it was going to be better than all right. I remember turning to walk back down the hall and I didn't get two steps down and I heard my own name mentioned as she was interceding for her family. I think of my dad who's alive today and in fact, in just a few short hours, I get to pick him up at the airport and spend a week with my dad and my stepmom this week. I'm very excited to have them. 
I think of my father, and I look to my father as a living legend, a hero of the faith. Has he done anything extraordinary? Is it, will he go down in history books? No. But he found Jesus some years ago as a young man, transformed his life, and he decided he was going to live it out every day. And that's exactly what Don Bland has done. Amen. Folks, we need to open up our eyes and start looking to the legends. Look to the legends of the Word. Look to the legends of the world and find some in your own world that you can look to. Another way that your life can be remembered, this is simple. Live the life. Live the life. It's one thing to talk. It's another to walk. Come on, somebody. We got to walk it out. Through the ups and the downs. Anybody had any downs in life? You still got to walk it out. Through the good and the bad, anybody had any bad in life? You got to still walk it out. You've got to live the life, folks. What life am I talking about? Well, it's a life of faith. I think this ought to be said if we're going to go into Hebrews chapter 11. Live the life of faith. Look at verse number 3. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed, how? By the Word of God. So that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. By faith, we walk this thing out and we simply believed. This got me thinking about just believing and having faith in an almighty creator. That God just said, let there be and there was. Hard for people to believe this. You're working with people who don't believe this. How many would say, I'm working with people that don't believe? They believe more in evolution or... Uh-huh. Let's talk about that a minute. They're going to believe in evolution, uh, Darwinism, which says you came from ooh to the zoo, now to you. And your uncle is a monkey. Your great uncle, your great great granddaddy, whatever. Somewhere back along the way, your ancestors were hunched over and covered with hair and swung from trees. They're going, now they'll believe in this. But they can't believe in an almighty being that's full of love and in his time and in his way. He said, let there be, and there was. There's others that say, well, I think Darwinism is a little too far-fetched. I'm going to go more with the Big Bang Theory, which is different. The Big Bang Theory. I researched this out. The Big Bang Theory is an effort to explain what happened at the very beginning of our universe. Discoveries in astronomy and physics have shown beyond a reasonable doubt that our universe did, in fact, have a beginning. Well, we can all, so far, so good. I can get with that. Prior to that moment, there was nothing. Somebody say, duh. 
Prior to that moment, there was nothing. During and after that moment, there was something. Our universe, come on, say, duh, again. The Big Bang Theory is an effort to explain what happened during and after that moment. According to the standard theory, our universe sprang into existence as, quote-unquote, singularity around 13.7 billion years ago. Who did this math, by the way? How are they figuring this out? 13.7 billion years. What is singularity, they ask, and where does it come from, they ask? Well, to be honest, listen to this, we don't know for sure. Thank you, duh, again. To be honest, we don't know for sure singularities are zones which defy our current understanding of physics. They are thought to exist out of the core of black holes. See, then they throw up all this stuff that they hope people will just, you know, that glosses over. Oh, I don't understand all that, but I'm, I'm with you. Mm -hmm. Black holes are areas of intense gravitational pressure. The pressure is thought to be so intense that in, uh, finite matter is actually squished into infinite density, a mathematical concept which truly boggles the mind, they go on to say. These zones of infinite dis density are called singularity. Speaking of density, oh, never mind. Our universe... <laughs> our universe is thought to have begun as an infinitely small, infinitely hot, infinitely dense, something, uh, infinitely dense something. And they call that a singularity. And then they say this again. Where did it come from? We don't know. Why did it appear? We don't know. You got to bring verse 3 up again. You got to bring this up. By faith, look, 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 get this into you today. Get this into you today. It's by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God, and we just simply believe this today. God doesn't have to prove anything to me. I believe with all of my heart and all of my being and all of my understanding that He is God. And if He said, let there be and there was, I believe that. In the beginning was God. And without God, nothing was. Without God, nothing will be. What life am I encouraging you to live? Live a life of faith. Faith brought you to this place of accepting Jesus Christ. Maybe we need to just go back to that place uh, a little bit more often. Go back to where you're reminded of God intervening for you and saving you and setting you free. It was faith then, it'll be faith today, and it'll be faith tomorrow that gets us through this, folks. It's a life of faith. How is God going to come through for you? when you don't know how your bills are going to be met and the creditors are calling you every day and the, the bank is calling you every other day and people are now going to start knocking on your door, how is God going to do it? I don't know how God is going to do it, but I have faith that God is able to do it. We've got to walk in faith. Oh, well, let me go back then to verse number one because somebody's not pieced all this together yet. Verse number one says, now, somebody say, now faith. Now faith, today faith, right now, right this moment, now faith. 
Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of what? <laughs> things you can't see. You don't see how it's going to happen. You don't see how it's going to resolve. You don't see how the breakthrough is going to come. All you have to do is just have faith today. Have faith and be faithful. Come on, elbow your neighbor just gently and tell him, say, have faith and be faithful. I'm going to have to separate you two ants over here. I saw that. Boom. She took advantage of that. Boom. Come on, tell somebody, say, have faith and be faithful. Have faith, Ron, and be faithful. Have faith, Steve, and be faithful. Have faith, my friend, and be faithful. You live that life of faith, and you live it out every day, but let me tell you something else. It can't just be a life of faith. Mm -mm. Anybody want to guess where else I'm going, what else you need right here? Nope. What'd you say? Nope. There's a key ingredient here. Key ingredient. Come on, talk to me. Nope. Anybody? Oh, come on now. You've got to have love. What kind of life are, should we live? A life of faith? It's a life of love. Look at this scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I'm a lot of noise. I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. That's irritating. There are people speaking in tongues and getting their shandai on, and they hate their neighbor, they hate their family. It's a disgrace and it's a lot of noise. And though I have the gift of prophecy, mm, and can understand all mysteries and, and all knowledge. Though, and look at this, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but I have not love, what's the Bible say? That's right. Somebody needs to say that today. I'm nothing. You've seen people like this. Now listen, they're well-meaning. Somewhere along the line, they've gotten the priorities out of order. They've gotten a little bit puffed up. They've lived out a life of faith. So much so, they're, they're removing mountains. But they lost the love. See, that love is the key ingredient. Mm. Anybody like to eat? You know what? Lee Chan Kay can cook like nobody's business. I'm telling you, she gets that island cooking going. I don't know what it is. I just, she's, she can put a, a spin on things. And, we, and we, she, she, every now and then, because she loves her pastor. She does, and I know that, and I love her. She loves her pastor and this family. And she, just out of a heart of love, she'll just bring over this spread. It blows my mind. And it's so good. It's so tasty. But she has this potato dish that she makes. And there's just something in it. And the first couple times that she made it, we we're just smacking our lips, trying to figure out the key ingredient. There's something different about this. I've never tasted it quite like this. 
You ready for this? I'm going to let it all out, Lee. I'm sorry. It's nutmeg. <laughs> I honestly don't know what it is, but it's so good. It's so good. You know what, folks? We should live our lives with people just smacking their lips going, I don't know what it was about her. I don't know what it was about him, but there's something that is so, I want that. I want to taste that. I want to know that. It's the key ingredient, folks. A life of love. God, fill us with your love today. My Lord. Love will cause you to forget some hurts. Love will cause you to say things that you never thought you could say. People hurting others. It's awful. It's unthinkable, some of the hurt that even is represented in this small congregation of believers. We're just a small little group here, really, in the, in the scheme of things. But even here, if we all had x-ray vision and could see into the past, you'd be blown away at some of the hurt. But see, love heals the hurt and allows you to offer forgiveness and ask for forgiveness. Love will cause people to be drawn to you. Live a life of love. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 22, verse number 37, you see, love is not just the key ingredient. Love is the greatest commandment. You shall love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, this is the first and greatest commandment, and the second goes like this. Love your neighbor like you love yourself. There's where it gets real hard, let's be honest today. Because there's some neighbors that are hard to love. That's why you need the love of God in you and flowing from you. Because it gives you ability to love the unlovable, to love the ones who are hard to love. It's easy to love my wife. She loves me. It's easy to love my kids. It's easy to love you, usually. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. No, I do love you. I love you. I love this church. I love this church. Karen and I love you. But how about when it gets hard? Can we love? That's what makes or breaks the whole thing. It really does. We can get up and prophesy and shandai and all of that. Move mountains with our words and our faith and preach, teach, and you name it. But no love. Can we bring that back up? That's so good. Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, look at the last part of this. But if I have not love, I am nothing. My Lord. How true. You want to live a life worth remembering? Look to the legends. 
live out this life and leave a legacy. Finally, leave a legacy. What is your legacy? What was their legacy? Look at verse number 2. For by it, a life of faith, a life of love, for by faith the elders obtained what? Oh, yes, here it is. Here, here it is. Here's the legacy. What is your legacy? It is your testimony. May it be good. God, help us. I want my legacy, I want my testimony to be good. I want a good testimony. I want for you a good testimony. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. Verse 39, and all these having obtained a good testimony through faith. The way you live your life, your life of faith, your life of love, it is your testimony. It is the legacy that you will leave behind when you die. Someone's coming behind you. If the Lord tarries, I'm telling you, we will die. Someone will memorialize us. Someone's going to rifle through our belongings, sift through our stuff. What will they find? What will they see? What will they remember? Will ours be a life worth remembering? Will yours be a life worth remembering? I wonder if they will look to us as the legends in their time of trouble. Will you be their hero, grandma, grandpa, mom, dad? Have you lived the life of faith and love that they would want to emulate? Are you leaving a godly and righteous legacy that not only will they want to embrace, they'll want to pass that along? I don't know about you, but I want to leave a legacy. Watch this.
Let me ask you to stand all across this congregation. You know what? I want to invite you all up to the front here, folks. We're going to pray today as a congregation before we enter into this weekend of remembering. I want to pray a prayer over you that with the help of God, we would live the life that he is calling us to live. Squeeze on up. we got quite a few people here. A life of faith and a life of love. Somebody's watching. Somebody's looking. Someone's coming after us. I want to leave a legacy. I want you to leave a legacy. To leave your mark. To make your impact. We should all desire this. God's help, folks. Let's be honest today. We need the help of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, come on, press it, press up. What a great congregation of believers we have. The Palmer Christian Center, you are awesome. Now just slip up your hands all over this congregation, all over this front area. Ask God right now to help you to live a life that's even worth remembering. What will others say about you? What will others think about you? May it first be said that we found Christ. We found the greatest gift ever given. We found a treasure when we accepted God's Son, Jesus. He transformed our lives so much that we wanted to go and tell others about Him. May it be said that we rolled up our sleeves and we worked in the vineyard, we worked in the field, we worked in the house of God, we, we served the Lord with gladness. God, let it be said of us. May it be said, God, that you led our decisions, you led our footsteps, you led our words. God, may it be said. We want to leave a legacy, God, that others will remember they would want to emulate in some small way. And God, that our lives would point to Calvary's cross. That always, Lord, we would live our lives to honor you, to glorify you. Take my life. Take my life, God. Take my hands and my feet. Take all that I have, God. I, I surrender it at your altar today. I am nothing. I am nothing without you. We are nothing, church, without God and without his love dwelling in us, flowing from us. designed them to be, all that you desire them to be, what you have created them to be, may they be that. 
your hands uplifted we to the glory. To God. We glorify you, God. Glory to God. We glorify you, God. Glory to God. I think lot, lots of good will be said. I really do. Look around this room. Your life is going to be worth remembering. Your life is going to be worth remembering. Keep in mind, someone's coming behind you. You're holding one right there. Yeah, see? Others will be looking. See that? Right there. Yeah. But I believe it's going to be worth remembering. All for God's glory. All for God's honor. Come on, let's just give God thanks and praise for a great day in his house today. Come on, let that rise up as a gift of thanks to God. Hallelujah. We thank you, almighty God. Thank you for your presence in this room. Thank you for your word, God. Hide it in our hearts, Lord. Amen, amen. Please know that Karen and I love you. We are praying for you. I pray that you have a wonderful, wonderful day tomorrow with your family. And keep in mind our fallen soldiers. Hug on somebody's neck before you leave here. And God bless everybody.